die. Come on, clap your hands. With this man, he does feed and supplies. All the time He who fed the multitude Turned the water into wine To the hungry call it now Come and die The disciples came to land Thus obeying Christ's command For the Master called to them Come and die there they found their heart's desire, bread and fish upon the fire. Oh, he satisfies the hungry every time. Oh, come and dine, the master calling, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude Turn the water into wine To the hungry calleth now Come and die Soon the Lamb will take His bride To be ever at His side All the host of heaven will assembled be Oh, will be a glorious sight all the saints in spotless white and with jesus we will feast eternally oh come and dine the master calleth come and dine you may feast at jesus table all the time he who fed the multitude and turned the water to wine, to the hungry calleth now. Oh, let's sing that again. Jesus has, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people, come and dine. Yes, Lord. With his manna he does feed and supplies our every need. Oh, it's sweet to sup with Jesus. Oh, come and die, the Master called Come and die. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. For he who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry call it now. Come and dine, oh, come and dine, the master call it. Oh, if you got hands, put them together now. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. You believe that? Oh, he who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. Call it now, come and Jesus a hand clap of praise. Amen.
Do you love him this morning? Amen. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. Amen. Good to be in church. Don't you just love the opportunity that we have? We were praying there in the back. You know, there's a lot of people right now that displaced from war and from, you know, all kinds of struggles and can't gather like this. But here we can come on a Sunday morning and worship the Lord in freedom, not just freedom from, you know, man, but freedom from the devil. Amen. That's the kind of freedom that I want. Amen. Let's sing this song together. I'd rather have Jesus. Amen. Let's sing that. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have. Let's actually start over. Hold on. Let me start that again. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be a king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway I'd rather have Jesus than anything that this world affords Sing another verse now, I'd rather have. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear calls, yes. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name Oh, than to be the king of a vast domain And be held in sin's dread sway Jesus than anything that this world affords today. Oh, he's fairer, he is fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He is sweeter than honey from out of the comb. He is all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather, is that how you feel? Oh, raise those hands and tell him, and let him lead. Oh, then to be the king 
this world affords today. Amen. Brother Luther, could you come and take up this off the offering for this morning? How many would have a need upon your heart? Something you just want the church to remember this morning? Maybe raise a hand up, hold it by an uplifted hand. Amen. Let's just uh, ask for these uh, unspoken needs, Brother Luther, and also the offering this morning. bless each and every one here this morning and those that are streaming Father. Lord we can see the two spirits just Lord coming up good against evil right against wrong I pray for your people today Lord I pray that you would bless the tithes and offerings Lord those that are visiting Lord those that are traveling pray for each and every one remember our our children, Lord, that are astray. So thankful, Father, that that token holds sure. And Lord, that you'll not, we will not lose a one of them. Father, those requests upon the hearts this morning. Lord, I couldn't do anything for anybody. But Father, coming to you, knowing that you meet all my needs, Father, meet their needs. We raise them up to you, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are thankful today, Father, for the revelation of yourself in our lives. We pray that you would just have us, Father, fill us more and more with your love and kindness, your Holy Spirit. Draw us closer, Lord. Take us home. We love and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give F, Sister Ruth. Amen. You're thankful this morning. Amen. Let's sing this song, Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ. His son, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And of 
has done for us. Give thanks, give thanks. Sing it again now. Oh, give thanks. Oh, give thanks. Could you raise your hands? Give him thanks this morning. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. Oh, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the whole, yes, Lord. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now, and now, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks, give thanks. He's my Lord. There is no other one who can come, who can come the storms of life like my Lord. He gives rest. He gives rest to the weary brains. New life to the hopeless. There's no Tell him that this morning. Raise your hands and tell him he's my Lord. Oh, he's my Lord. There is no other one. Yes, Jesus, who can calm the storms of life like my Lord. seated this morning brother Stephen short so good to have him with us why don't you come brother Stephen and bless us with the song why don't we give him a hand as he comes amen so good to have him amen brother Steve home folk good to have him amen here hearing his voice sing amen makes it makes up for about 10 people being missing <laughs> 
we have just one announcement as Brother Stephen gets ready for that. Um, just It was sent out on the WhatsApp, but I just wanted to announce it again this morning. Uh, good morning. This is, I'm just going to read it, sisters. As you know, we have upcoming meetings this coming Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's what Brother Tim and Brother Timothy Pruitt. Uh, we're in great expectation for that. We're having some light refreshments on Friday evening provided by the church. It's Friday evening provided by the church, so you don't need to bring any refreshments for Friday evening. It's going to be provided. On Sunday, we will be having a potluck dinner immediately following the service. For that, the church will be providing fried chicken. We are expecting some visitors and would like to make sure we have enough food. We ask you to please bring a side large enough to feed eight to ten people, one dessert, two drinks, which is two two liters or one 12 pack of water, soda, etc. Thank you all. We're looking forward to the services and fellowship with great uh, anticipation. If you have any questions, um, you can get with Sister uh, Rachel um, or Sister Martha. Is that, that yeah, my sister-in-law? Amen. You love him? Amen. Don't you worry, little children, should death knock on your door, don't you know that death is the doorway that leads to the heavenly shore? Over there, there's no heartache, no sorrow, grief, or pain, just perfect love, peace, and joy beyond step into my theophany one day I'm gonna take that final step and it's going to set me free my theophany I hear it calling me over the next hill I look and I see army is marching, marching onward to slay that old enemy. Around the next curve, I see Jesus coming for me. One day I'm gonna take a step toward my theophany. One day I'm gonna take another step into my theophany one day i'm gonna take that final step it's going to set me free my theophany i hear it calling me and it's a call and come up a little higher into higher soar through the heavenlies my theophany i hear it calling me one day i'm gonna take that step toward my theophany 
another step into my theophany. One day I know that final step is going to set me free. My theophany, I hear it calling me. It's a call and come up a little higher. Amen. Let's all stand back to our feet. Amen. Brother Enoch, why don't you come and make your way? Help me sing this song, Every Praise is to Our God. Amen. Give me that. Brother Enoch, grab a microphone. Amen. Don't you appreciate our young people? Amen. Expressing their gifts. Brother Enoch wants to sing. Amen. So I thought we'd just make this a whole group song. Every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord every praise every praise every praise is to our god sing hallelujah to our god glory hallelujah is to our god every praise every praise oh every praise is to our Is to our God, every word of worship 
Yes, Lord. In one accord, every praise, every praise is true. Can we sing it without the music? Every praise, sing that now. Oh, every praise is to our God. Every word. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise. Every praise. Every praise is to our God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. How great is our God? Sing that together. How great. Amen. We're going to change the order of the service here in just a moment. Amen. We have just a, um, a desire in our heart just to be pleasing to the Lord. How many would say that? Lord, I just want my worship to be pleasing in your sight. Amen. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God could you raise your hands and sing that again now how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great, how great is our God. Sing the first verse now. Oh, a splendor of the King, clothed in majesty. He's clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. All the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. Oh, and darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God And all will see how great, how great is our God Can we sing that on land and sea? On land and sea he stands With an open book in hand Revealing the Son of Man, revealing the Son of Man. Uniting time, uniting time. I believe that. Oh, the bride in Christ, the bride in Christ are one. Soon we're going home, soon we're going home. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God And all will see how great, how great is our God Name above, oh, and He's the name above all names He is worthy, 
how great is our God. Raise those hands and sing it together. How great, how great. Amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Praise the Lord. Man, you ready for the Word of God? And that's why we're here. And we're happy to be here in the house of the Lord. Happy to have all of you here with us. Amen. And a number of families traveling and away today, so we want to be just remembering them. We got... Wonderful meetings coming up next week. I'm sure looking forward to that. My, so um, just a reminder that uh, they'll start on Thursday night, so we won't have a Wednesday night here. No Wednesday service here this coming week. Uh, we'll start up on Thursday night. It'll run Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. <clears throat> and then um, on Saturday morning, there's a minister's gathering <clears throat> and a minister's luncheon at noon. So um, certainly want to invite any ministers who are find out about it to come and attend. Amen. And we sure are looking forward to having many visitors. I think we may have visitors uh, quite maybe even more than we're expecting. Amen. So you, you might better not do that Buford thing. You might better get to church early. Amen. And, um, and get you a seat secured. Praise the Lord. Amen. Love the Lord. Around, shake hands with somebody. Say, God bless you. Man, happy to have everybody here. <clears throat> Number of our ministers are deployed today ministering. Amen. Glad to see. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, back in one piece. Amen. So praise God. Happy to have you here. Amen. In the service with us this morning. That was a late arrival last night. So God bless you all. <clears throat> happy to see some of you back and others, as we say. Still away. Hebrews chapter 12, this morning we want to look at our, at our scripture, our opening scripture, and then as soon as we read this, Brother Mark, we'll have the PowerPoint up, and we we're going to begin at slide 41, I believe. Amen. First we'll get to Hebrews 12, and uh, we'll start at verse 18. Ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the words should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned and thrust through with the dark. So terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye are come unto Mount Zion Amen. and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, 
the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. And let's pray. Father, we commit ourselves into your hands now this morning and pray that you will keep me even keeled and measured out this morning. Lord, I want to make some tracks into our lesson and so I pray you'll just keep my mind focused on the notes in front of me as I feel that this is what you have inspired me with. Lord, there's many things we could say that's always true, but you know, you knew who would be here before the foundation of the world. You knew who would be streaming. You knew who would hear an archive, Lord. And so we want to surrender ourselves completely, readily, Lord, and make ourselves, our, uh, our mind and the gift that belongs to you available for your usage. Now, sanctify our hearts and minds, Lord, and focus our attention on the word. We commit ourselves into your hands to this very end in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to just pick up these uh, next two slides. We got this one, the next one, and a part of the third one um, on last Sunday. And so I want to come back here to this again, and let's, let's pick up our reading straight away uh, in this message, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. So I want you now, and here, here's a real point that, I, that I, I, I feel it on my heart. I, Brother Jason was preaching uh, on our midweek service before Thanksgiving, and I was so smitten by that sermon, and one of the points that I just thought was profound was how that brother JD took that woman at the well and he showed how that you know she began and brother Brandon picks it up she begins the conversation Jesus starts it woman bring me a drink she replies you know blah 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 blah, blah. he replies back she replies back and then you know the the, the conversation stays natural stays political you know, you know, here, you know, if you, you know, what are you doing asking me? You know, we're not of the same political persuasion. And, uh, you know, you, you're, you're, you got a different ideology about God than us. And you say in Jerusalem and we say here and, you know, and this well, you know, was dug by our fathers. And are you greater than our fathers? And the conversation just starts moving into spiritual realms and, and then he says, but woman, if you, if you knew who you were talking to, you would actually ask me for a drink. And, and if you knew who you were talking to, all your political prohibitions would collapse. All of your social walls would come down. All of your personality and your complexes, if you only knew who you were talking to. And, you know, friends, I, I, I was so caught by that. I, I, I hope that today when you come here into the house of God, you realize who it is you're coming to hear from. You're not just coming to hear from a man. Uh, you're coming to hear from the Word of God, and it's a Word that's been not only revealed doctrinally, but made alive uh, in a people, Amen. so that it's a living manifestation. That 
That is one of the foremost realities of the Word of God. Now, listen to this statement. I've made it before. Remember, this is the third iteration of God's Word. The very first one was in the stars before this one was ever put together. The second one was in the pyramid of Enoch before this one was ever put together. Then the third one has been this one. God never intended for it to stay in the stars. It was to come to the pyramid. He never intended for it to stay in the pyramid. He intended to put it in a book. He never intended for it to stay in a book. It's moving to flesh. And that's the purpose of the word. That's why you're a believer. That's why you're here. Hear me. Is so that this word can become alive in you. Jesus was not a Bible. Jesus didn't even carry a Bible. Jesus was a human version of the word. And that's what the Holy Ghost is given for. Is to take the word that's been opened in our day and transform words on page and put it behind skin. Exactly why when Brother Branham took the, in the, in the dream there of Junior Jackson and he took a crowbar and pried the top of that mountain, Brother Branham had been standing there, ex, you know, uh, standing there at the mountain and he was explaining the writing on the outside. See, he, he's teaching and, and correlating the church ages and tying it all together. But then he said, I took something out of the air and pried the top off of. And when he said, when I looked, it was white stone that had no writing in it. But remember that in white stone in the book of Revelation, there's a new name. Amen. And so then we realized that when Brother Brennan would say, the word interpreted is a manifestation of the name of God. Now, how does God interpret his word? He brings it to pass. Amen? So, of course, there wouldn't be any writing on the white stone because it wasn't going to be this kind of writing. It was going to be written behind skin. The word interpreted would be a manifestation in our lives. Amen? And so, the second thing that Brother J.D., it so, so just gripped my heart. And I thought about our, our, our senior youth. I thought about our teenagers and, and all the way down into the younger parts of the senior youth and all the way up into the 20-somethings. And you know, I, 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 I felt such a, a burden on my heart to, to say to our senior youth, you realize that like the woman at the well, Jesus kept taking her forward in her understanding. That was the real point being made. That, you know, there's a dialogue and there's an exchange back and forth. And every time she took the next step, Jesus gave her a little more understanding. And then she responded, he gave her some more understanding until he finally got to the point where her understanding reached a thing where all of her sins of her life and all of her problems and all of her weaknesses fell aside. Her past was erased and she, and she, be, and she now comes under a revelation of the word of God and all her sins are forgiven. 
all her position, she had been taken from the guttermost to the uttermost. What had happened to her, her revelation had restored her to the position that God had seen of her before the foundation of the world. And so the, the, the point of the, of the message comes to take you forward. As Brother Jason said here, he said, like the woman, you know, we have to move forward in our understanding. He quoted the scripture that the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, when he comes, he'll lead you. He's taking you somewhere. He's not just coming into this building on a Sunday morning and just sitting down to chill out with you. He's here to lead you somewhere. You're supposed to leave here further than you were when you came here. So you, you don't just, remember Brother Jason said, we're not just to stay without understanding. You're to move forward in your understanding, not just doctrines, but in, in the reality of the word living behind you, your skin. So it begs the question then, I would ask the senior youth, how many messages of God's prophet have you listened to in the last 30 days? How many complete start to finish messages? You know what? I, I should, you know what I should be able to, to, to know about you? You, want, you just want some advice from Brother Jason? Your, your answer should be 20 something at least. A tape a day will keep the devil away. <laughs> That's a bona fide fact. I have proven it. You know, it'll keep the devil away. It'll put strength in your life. It'll tell you who you are. It'll tell you who the enemy is and how to beat him. And I want to beat him. And I want to see you beat him. I want to see us victorious. See? So, you know, make it, make it a, don't, you know, say, well, I, I read some scriptures, but the message of the hour came to give you understanding of the scriptures. You're never going to have the overcoming power because, you know, without the message, if you say, you say, well, I, but I've got my Bible. Well, that, like Brother Jason said, you come to church and people think that real worship is just singing songs and raising our hands. But Brother, Brother J.D. points out, everybody does that. Everybody goes to church and does that. What, what, what is that? that? That hasn't had any real effect in their lives. It's a nice momentary sensational feeling, but where's the real mileage that it gets? Where does it gain traction in their lives and bring them forward? Do you realize that the devil has watered down? He ha the devil has attacked every point of the restoration. He attacked it once the apostles were gone off. And... Of course, the seed had to go into the ground. We know that. Served God's purpose, just like the fall in the Garden of Eden had to happen. Serves God's purpose. But God promised in Joel, I will restore the years. Everything that the enemy took from God's church, it was going to be restored. And so the devil started immediately. Let me just give you a little bit of education. The devil started immediately attacking the restored word. He started immediately attacking Luther's revelation. The just shall live by faith. And 
And so, you know, what, what did that do? Well, it, it kind of taught people that they, you know, the devil, he, 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 Luther was actually what, what Luther was bringing would bring a new birth. But when the devil, by the time the devil got done with it, and all, he had just got the people in their minds to where, well, I don't have to listen to Rome anymore. I don't have to do penance and carry rosary beads and pray to Mary. That, and and, and by, by the time you get to, and I don't have to do, the, I don't have to lash myself and crawl on glass and I don't have to do all those things, the just shall live by faith. And by the time you get to, to today, the attack on Luther's message is just telling the people that all you have to do is just have a mental agreement with an, an event 2,000 years ago of, of the Lamb of God dying on the, on the cross. The Lamb of God did die on the cross. But what, and he did, he did say, and he rose. Well, what good does that do you? If you don't receive his life, that doesn't do you any good. That's great for him that he rose, but what about you? Have you risen with him? I promise you, you don't rise with him unless you die with him. And then, and then he starts, and so today, it's just a watered-down version of just make a decision. And it's not much more of a decision than, it's actually less of a decision than which car to buy. Because people actually have a preference on which vehicle they buy. But there's no impact on their life and, that, and the impact of their preference causes them to go out and purchase the vehicle they want. People look at the gospel and there's no impact on their life, whatever. They just make a decision and start coming to a church. Put their name on a book and believe that they're... I know that's hard for you to get your mind around because you're taught different and you've been raised different. But trust me, as one who's worked out there in the community and and moved all my life among people, you would be astonished at what, at the people who live the, the most degraded lifestyle, have the most potty mouth you ever imagine, think and do the most outrageous, horrible things, and will look you in the eye with perfect confidence and say, oh, I know I'm born again. I know I'll be in heaven. Yeah. Well, how do you, why do you think that? Well, because I, I accept uh, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. Okay, that's good. If you died with him, what does that mean? I joined a church. Well, that's not what I asked you. Have you died with him? And then you, then Satan wasn't done attacking the, the, you see what, here's what they lose sight of. Is that Luther's revelation came from above. It was a supernatural thing that God partially opened a third seal under the man age and dropped a mystery down under a partially opened third seal and a, and a messenger caught it and ran with it and it was a message that would bring eternal life. And that's the part they're missing. Then they started attacking sanctification and immediately began watering it down. And, you know, today, you know, I mean, my goodness, by the time you reach today, what, what, what is commonly called Christianity, it's certainly in the Western world, is, is, is well, I'll use the Bible language. Their tables are full of vomit. Yeah. Amen. And that's not a far stretch. You can see it. When you look at what they call Christianity, it makes me feel like vomiting. It is so vulgar and so ridiculous and so not... Have, 
Do you realize, friends, do you realize, and I could take my, my time today and I'm, I'm completely off my subject. It's just a fresh anointing on me. Do you realize that, 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 that sanctification in the Bible, sanctified lifestyle, yeah. holiness, do you realize, and I could prove it to you today, listen to me, holiness is second only to the, in the Bible is second only that, to that Jesus is the Lamb of God. I could take you to scripture after scripture after scripture, Old Testament, in the Gospels, in the New Testament, throughout the book of Revelation, holiness unto the Lord is it, 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 not just some lifestyle of do's and don'ts, that you'll never make it that way. It's a living experience that you have. And then the, there's a living force takes over your mind and you don't do the way things of the world. You don't dress like the world. You don't act like the world. You don't talk like the world. There's an alien force has taken over you. I mean, as a subject, it's, it's, I would say off the top of my head, sanctification and holiness before God is second, I would say the only thing I could even think of that would outpace it would be that Christ was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world and came to save sinners. That Christ is the Lamb of God and is the Messiah and is God would probably be the only thing that would outpace it. Amen? So, so you just remember that 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 God, you know, has this for you. I'm sorry. I'm, I can't escape it. I don't know why. Listen to this. I don't know why I'm cabbaging on this today. Let me just give you a few. You say, why make such a big deal over this? Because it's such a big problem. Even in the ranks of the message of the hour. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Those who are pure in their heart. You're not going to tell me your, your inside is pure if your outside is obscene. You're not going to tell me your inside heart is pure if the clothing you wear are, is vulgar and your conversation is is." Not wholesome. Paul said, having therefore, in 2 Corinthians 7.1, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. He says to the Roman church in chapter 6, verse 22, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So, I mean, and I could go on and on and on. I, holiness, literally holiness is one of the most established truths in the Bible after Jesus being the Lamb of God. Then they attack the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we've, been having a, we've had a lot of teaching on that recently. Trying to teach Bethel Tabernacle the balance of it. Myself and the other team members. 
ministry team members to show you that we're not looking to, I don't, I don't drive in ditches. I drive on the road. I'm not interested in either ditch. I, it doesn't even matter if I can. I got a four-wheel drive truck. I could. I don't want to. I want to drive in the middle of the road. I want something smooth. I want to be on a highway to heaven. See, so, so it's, we, we're not chasing. And, and Satan has attacked that. And he's trying. Because if, let me tell you something, friends. If Satan can't hold you back and he tries hard to hold you back and you're going forward in the Lord and he can't hold you back, you know what he'll do as a last-ditch effort? He'll shove you over the cliff. If he can't hold you, he'll just give you a shove and you'll become a fanatic and go off the on the deep end. It is unnecessary. We have the balance of the Word of God. We have a living Christ that can get down in your life and teach you how to live a daily life of overcoming and put real power inside your life. That's why I'm preaching today. I want to see real power in our lives. Hallelujah. We're not here just to learn fancy doctrine. We're here to have power. You're going to need power. The world is wicked. The world is evil. The lid is torn from hell and demons are streaming throughout the earth. The world is completely facing annihilation and every sign points to it. I don't want to get go down that line today. I would definitely be here till tomorrow. Lord's got a thought on my heart. I'm, you know, they, they say this one, you know, he died by natural causes. I want to preach a sermon called Life by Natural Causes. Say, you mean supernatural causes? No, actually I don't. I mean that there's a supernatural action that will take place that will put the life of Christ in you naturally. It'll change your nature. Hallelujah. You won't have to be a fanatic. You'll be a true blue Christian balanced in the word of God, marching to Zion, moving into higher heights with Christ daily. It'll set up a craving in your heart for the word of God. And the more you get, the more you'll want. So Brother Branham, this is, the, this is what our whole series is about. It's Christ being revealed. So, so I, I, I want the, especially the teenagers, I want you to absorb what's being said. The old, the old alike, everybody, absorb what's being said. What is the purpose of the gospel? It's Christ being revealed and he is the word. And when the word is revealed, it expresses itself. You get that? It expresses itself. This is how I can tell where a person's revelation level is by their expression of their life. Get around them, listen to the conversation, see what they do, where they go, what, what they do, how they live, you know, what happens in their home, where are their priorities. I can tell pretty quick where somebody's priority of the word is Say, where, where ought it to be? It ought to be first. It ought to be the center hub of your life on which everything else is attached to. The gospel didn't come. Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't pay such a great price for it to be a gospel of convenience. It's not about that. Jesus isn't, this, this gospel, I'm going to tell you something, friends. This gospel that you're believing today is dripping with the blood of martyrs. 
it's you know, what what happened in Israel is is terrible and horrible beyond description, but that's been happening to God's elect family down through centuries. It is shocking the depravity of what man can do to fellow man. And history is replete with it. My goodness. But, 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 I'm, but I'm here to tell you that God comes to change our lives. And he's not, he's not a God of convenience. You don't just fit him in. See, he's not a fit in. He should be the, the first. Brother Branham said, don't make him second. I can't even get started on my notes. What's going on? This is the Holy Spirit all over me. Brother Branham said, don't make him second. He doesn't want to be second. He wants to be first. Would you agree with me today and say, Lord, I want you to be first in my life. First. Everything else should come behind that. Your career, your education, your friendships, your relationships, your money, your recreation, everything should come second to that. We're almost home, friends. The rapture is soon. Oh, my. So he says it's Christ being revealed. And he is the word. And when the word is revealed, it expresses itself. That's God's purpose for Jesus Christ was to express himself, to take his own laws and live by his laws, fulfill his law by death. Fulfill his law by death. I think I'm on the... Yeah. And Christ, God, died in flesh in order to condemn sin in the flesh, thank God, because you couldn't save yourself. If he hadn't did it, you were headed to hell and no way to stop it. Oh my. He condemned sin in the flesh that he might bring to himself a glorious bride redeemed back that will believe only in the word of God and not swap it like Eve did for intellectual conceptions of man, those watered-down versions of justification and sanctification and what the real Holy Ghost is. Don't accept a watered-down version. Oh my, the devil's not afraid of a watered-down version. That will only believe only in the Word of God and not swap it like Eve did for intellectual conceptions of man. You see it? That's Christ's idea. That's God's idea. The new birth reveals this. Right there is is what Christianity is all about. Jesus said, here's where we got to last time. Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe. See? So into all the world, all right, and to every age, casting out devils and speaking with tongues and all these great manifestations of gifts that would follow that. They shall, not they maybe, they ought to, they will. Amen. All right, so, so we find then that, that redemption, now I, I'm, I'm going to try to 
go a little further. You still with me? I feel like I've already preached you enough sermon. You could go home, but will you just hang out a while and let me carry on? Redemption was a must. We know that. Brother Branham talks about how that, and we read it in, in several parts ago in the series. I don't want to go that far back. But how that from Genesis chapter 1, his, his family was to have dominion over everything. And Brother Branham said, you know, it's, it goes all the way out to the millennium. And then he, I didn't show it to you last time, not going to do it again today. But he drops right down and picks up 1 Corinthians 12 and even talks about all the gifts and how that we're to have a dominion over that stuff. We're not, we're not to be out of balance with it. We're to have dominion. We're to have balance. We're to have correct understanding. You're to have dominion in your home. Listen, this, this goes from the garden all the way to the millennium where it says, have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowls of the air and over every living thing that creepeth upon the earth. So Brother Ram says it goes all the way to, all the, way to, the, to, the, to the millennium. So redemption then, of course, is a must, and that's always been a, a part of the great purpose of God. Now, we've shown you how that in the Garden of Eden, it wasn't time. Brother Branham said they weren't even able to partake of the tree of life directly because it hadn't become flesh yet, because redemption had to work out. You understand? There had to be a fall, and then they couldn't partake of it before the fall directly, because it hadn't been flesh yet. And then they couldn't partake of it directly after the fall because they got chased out. You understand? So, so, what is, so then how do we get there? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that. How we get there is God comes down into this world and brings a revelation of his word bit by bit by bit. And as you eat upon that, you're redeemed and you're rebuilt. Oh my, that's what our whole Rebuilding Eden series was all about. He's rebuilding us back to our original image. See, and so, so it had to become flesh first. But just know this, that from Abel's offering forward, dominion is underway. It's being restored. Full dominion is underway for God's family. So Brother Branham goes on. So it's Christ expressing himself in the individual. Whether he's intellectual or whether he don't know his ABCs. Doesn't matter. He, his, that, that's, a, that's a completely irrelevant point to him. Some people are highly educated. Some people are not. As, as, as old Jerry used to say, Son, young man, I can see that you are educated far above and beyond your level of intelligence. <laughs> and some people are like that. I'm just here to tell you, it doesn't matter to God. I say, He's not coming here to educate you. Brother Branham said, he says it like this, heaven won't have any kind of education, civilization. He turns right around and says, it'll be an education so far above this one, this one won't even be thought of. See? So it's Christ expressing himself in the individual, whether he's intellectual or whether he don't know his ABCs. The new birth is Christ, is a revelation 
God has revealed to you this great mystery and that's a new birth. See, so I I can tell whether or not, I can tell where your level of revelation is by observing whether the word is expressing itself through you where it should be. See, and if it's not, and sadly I find too often that it's not in too many cases, too many cases right here in Bethel Tabernacle. Now granted, to any real pastor, any real shepherd, even one case is too many. Alright, so I don't want you to think it's all doom and gloom. I appreciate the, the fervor that I see in the saints of Bethel Tabernacle. But even one is too much for me. I want to see us all full of the fire of the Holy Spirit. I want to see you take every spirit under your control for the glory of God. I want to see a token applied in our homes and our young people full of the Holy Spirit. I want to see when we walk down the street, Satan howls and faints at our presence. So so the new birth then is more than a a mental understanding and it's more than a, a mental agreement with doctrinal teaching. It's a life changing revelation that brings forth the expression of Christ as we've been reading. It brings forth the expression of Christ from the heart out. Amen? From the, see, a lot, a lot of t- the reason people can't maintain sanctification like they need to when they don't have that full experience that brings the new birth is because that's outside in. And you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to force a, 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 legal quote, a legal coat, a legal cloak onto me and make me look right and dress right and think right and talk right and, and do things right. But after a while, this, this guy right here gets sick of that. And he just starts jerking it off. But, and, he, and he won't wear it anymore. That, we're not after that. We're after changing the inside outward. Hallelujah. Then the, then the, thing, that, that, the thing that wearies you and makes you upset is when the flesh doesn't obey the word of God. There's no weariness. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everybody who's born again of the Spirit of God can say amen to that. It's the greatest thing it's ever desire of my heart. There's no trouble in being a Christian. I only get upset when I fail at being a Christian. There's no wearing me out long term that eventually someday I'll just backslide and go away from it. This is from the inside out. See? So this this is the gene of God that has come to life and is taking over your life. The evidence, I mean the evidence of a true, and I'm gonna read you a scripture that I don't have up here but I'm just going to read it to you. I'm actually not going to read it all, but I'm just going to make some points to it. I want to say this, the evidence of true, life-altering revelation, if you ever want to see where it's laid out perfectly in the Bible, almost like a beautiful garden you could go see, then just find yourself in Acts chapter 2, 
You say, oh yeah, verse 38, be baptized in the name of Jesus. But no, not 38. Go to 41 and read through 47 because 41 and 47 is going to let you know why they obeyed Acts 2.38. Why did they do that? Because they heard a gospel preacher preaching and it pricked their hearts. And they knew that in spite of all of their devout Judaism, and these, these were devout men. These weren't gamblers and carousers. These were devout Jews who lived holy lives before Jehovah. But when they heard the gospel that I'm preaching today, when they heard about the Holy Ghost that I'm preaching today, they knew inside their hearts that they were missing that element. All they had was an outside observance, but it caused them to taste of the good word of God. And they wanted more and said, Peter, what must we do? And he said, you've got to repent. You've got to change your whole thinking. You've got to accept the word of this hour. And the Bible says in verse 41 through 47, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. That's why they obeyed Acts 2.38. They did it gladly. No one convicted them into it. No one threatened them or scared them into it. That's worthless. No one, you know, told them sad stories about how they you know, your mama prayed for you and boo-hoo and get them down to an altar. And as soon as they get away from that, they go right back. There's no, there's no effective change. But, but these men had something in their hearts and they gladly received his word. But you know what that tells me? That tells me that in all of their righteous ritual, they had no joy. They had no real joy in the Lord. And that's what I want. And I want it for me. And I want it for you. A joy in the Lord is my strength. They that gladly received his word. And then look at what happened in verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So they didn't stop and say, well, I just believe Jesus at Calvary. I don't, I don't, Peter, James, I like you guys, you're pretty cool, but I don't really need what you got to say. I just want Jesus at Calvary. They can, the ones who were born again by the Spirit and were baptized in his name and received the Holy Ghost continued steadfastly all the time, every day. Every day, all the time, moving forward, moving forward. Move forward, church, because one of these days you're going to be like Enoch and move into a new world. Hallelujah. And godly fear. That's what the Greek word means. Godly respect and reverence. Fear came upon every soul. Verse 46, they continued daily with one accord. Verse 47, praising God. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. As long as the Lord was adding it, everything stayed fine. Soon as they started, soon as the church started allowing people to come in and call themselves a Christian when they weren't really, that's when problems started. So Brother Branham goes on. You good? All right. I'm going to watch my time because y'all know how terrible I am at keeping the throttle down. So I'm just going to cut my time to a normal. <laughs> Amen. Now, what are you going to do when you get all that group together? Well, what, 
What, what group? The ones that are expressing God. The ones that have the expression of the word. See, what are you going to do when you get all that group together? Where the revelation is perfectly in harmony. And God is expressing it through his word by the same actions, the same things that he did, making the word manifest. Oh, if the church only knew its position, it will one day, then the rapture will go when it knows what it is. When it knows what it is. I'm going to invent a word today. I tried every possibility in the King's English to, to conceptualize what I want to say to you. And, I, and believe it or not, I'm, I'm having to invent a word because I read a bunch of quotes from a Kentucky hillbilly and this is as close as I can come up with. I'm, I'm, I, let me, let me, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to take this word humaned. You have been humaned. If you had never, if you're born and raised in a bubble and never known another person in your life, you've never been humaned. But because we hang around humans, you're humaned. See, well then why don't you just use the word humanized? Because that would convey the, not what I'm trying to gonna go to. Right? Now, I'm just going to let Brother Branham say it, all right? So you don't have to worry about believing me. Did you notice Paul never knew Jesus physically? Paul never knew him. The only way that Paul knew him was by a revelation, by a vision. Is that right? Here's your chance. Is that right? Paul only knew Jesus by the revelation. And then he says, just like Peter did, say, wait a minute, I thought Peter knew him in the flesh. The, the point Brother Branham is going to make is that Peter did know him in the flesh, but, but we find that Peter had a real experience because knowing him in the flesh, he denied him in the garden. Knowing him in the flesh, he tried to stop him from Calvary. Knowing him in the flesh, he denied him three times in Pilate's judgment hall. Amen? Knowing him in the flesh, after Jesus left, Paul, Peter just said, I just go fishing. He didn't, even, he, didn't, he didn't even know what to do. He just went back to his old, his old haunts. See, there's been no, Peter, when you're converted, feed my sheep. So Peter eventually, the, they, they, they go on to say concerning Christ that we knew him in the flesh, but henceforth, said the apostle, know we him no longer. We knew him in the flesh, but now we know him by the flesh no longer. We know him in a greater way than when we knew him in the flesh. All right? So he says, Peter had seen him in flesh, but he didn't know him by flesh because Jesus said so. Flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. Even my own life didn't reveal it to you. But my Father which is in heaven has revealed it to you. Do you see why loving me as your pastor cannot give you eternal life? There's not a person in this building that I don't fully know loves me with a great love. And if I could save you, I would. If I could give you eternal life, I would. Amen. If I could do the greatest thing for you, I'd give you eternal life. The problem is it's not mine to give. But what I can do is lead you to eternal life. I can take you there if you'll come along with me and get you eternal life. See? 
So, so, so he says here, see, even, even my own life didn't reveal it to you, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed the, thing, the things to you. That He is the Word of God. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. Peter didn't know Him by flesh. Man walked and handled Him and everything else. John says that we handled Him. We handled the Word of life. See, All of them had had, had a, a, a flesh experience with Jesus of Nazareth. But not Paul. Alright? You still with me? Paul had something greater than any of the apostles did. Wait a minute. I thought th- this breaks the rules of adding and subtracting. You just said the apostles had something Peter that that the apostles had something Paul didn't have. So now he should have less than they got, but now brother Branham is saying, "No, because he had less, he had more." You see what's happening? They said, "Well, I've got more of a revelation than you, Paul, because, you know, I walked with him. I went fishing with him. One day I heard him talk. He sat in a boat with me and actually told me, let's go over here and fish in this place and we'll get more fish. And we did it. See, see. We seen him do things. But Paul saw him after he was dead, buried, rose again, and expressed himself in the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. Amen. See? Isn't that amazing? And so he says, but the only way you're saved is by know him by revelation. Amen. So, so knowing him in the flesh didn't save any of the disciples. They had not even... Even Peter and James and John and all of them as, as gallant, as great a men as they were. And we couldn't hold a light to them today. But they had to have a revelation. An experience. And it had to exceed Matthew 16. Peter understood the identity of Jesus in Matthew 16. But after he was converted, he had even a greater understanding. See. So, what do you mean then, Brother Jason, by... The disciples were human, whereas Paul wasn't human. Paul had a less encumbered understanding because he hadn't been humaned by living with Jesus in his humanity. Now, did I, did I just read it to you? Y'all don't go into vapor lock on me. I just read what Brother Branham is saying this. See? Because remember that to try to correlate everything Jesus said, if you hung out with him, I mean, John said, goodness, even if if I wrote everything, he said the, the world couldn't even contain the books. So imagine trying to correlate all that you heard him say and living with him for three and a half years. If if for no other reason, then that's a lot, you've got a lot more to focus. That Paul didn't have to get focused. Because by the, by the time... Yeah, now listen, friends. God, I'm going to say it to you. God designed that Paul would avoid that. Paul would avoid that. God could, could have easily let Paul meet him in the flesh. Paul could have... Paul's, Paul's mentor knew about Jesus, Gamaliel. 
He had stood there in, in, in the trial at, at the Sanhedrin. Paul, Paul, Paul never saw him, never met him, nothing. There, there's no, no record anywhere. And, 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 but we find that God could have easily done that, and God didn't do that. God uh, elected that Paul would avoid that kind of interaction with Jesus. When Paul meets Jesus, he's already turned back to the pillar of fire that led Moses and the children of Israel. The same one who created the whole world. That's why Paul called him Lord. Capital L-O-R-D. Paul knew, Brother Brown said, he knew better than to call that pillar of fire anything else. He knew that, he already knew what John had written. In the beginning was the word and it was with God and it was God. He already knew that was the same pillar of fire that led Moses. See? Now that encourages me. You know, because I, it encourages me to be a part of the generation that, that didn't get the privilege of going hunting and fishing with Brother Branham. I'm not saying that wasn't a great privilege. I'm just saying I didn't get, I, 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 you know, I, but, but let me say it like this. You know, and I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't want to use the word hindered. I'm using the word human. So it, it does encourage me that I didn't get the privilege of going fishing and hunting with him. But Brother Branham, come back into, coming back to our quote, the only way you're saved is by know him by a revelation. So that's why I'm not using hindered. That's why I, I one, because one wouldn't be hindered to have such a privilege. I'm not saying that the disciples got hindered. I'm just saying they got human. I'm not saying that those who hunted and fished with William Branham were hindered. I'm just saying they got human. And, but, but I'm here to tell you, listen, friends, so, so this is exact. listen, this is exactly, this is exactly why that, that we both play tapes constantly, but also exactly why we don't play tapes only. For that very reason. That's why we play them constantly, but that's also why we don't play them only. Oh, hallelujah, I've got a living experience with the God of Elijah. I've met the same pillar of fire that came on the platform with him. See? You see, here, here, here's the point I'm really trying to make. You remember my text from last Sunday? God, we were in Hebrews 1, God who in sundry times back in the past, Paul's breaking it down. He's showing you. Remember I said last week, I'm trying to take you and show you the, the, the forward progress. He said, God in sundry times, he spoke to, the, to his people through the prophets. And then in the days of Jesus' earthly ministry, he spoke to them in his human flesh. Oh my. But today by the Holy Ghost, he's now speaking in his body. He's still speaking. He spoke in sundry times through Old Testament prophets. He spoke in Jesus. And now he's speaking in a bride in the last day. And your life is a voice of the resurrection. Hallelujah. Oh my, that's what the devil fears. It still has the same authority. It still has the same power. It still has the everything that it's ever had. It has only now even in a greater way because now the Old Testament prophets couldn't have the new birth you have by the Holy Ghost. It wasn't yet given. 
And even, even Jesus was one man walking the shores of Galilee, going about doing good. But he said, except the corn of wheat die, it won't do you any good. It'll bite us alone. But if it die, it'll come back in a many-membered body, and that's the whole reason I'm going to Calvary. So, I for one am glad to notify you that he is a living experience. I'm glad today to notify you that he's not just mere doctrine. He's not just mere teaching. And that, oh, friend, you have no, you, if you could only absorb, if you could only absorb the real value in just that, that he's not just doctrinal teaching. He's a living experience, and that's important because we have a very human life. And we must deal with realities that, that can't just be always explained in spiritual terms or rousing sermons. We face a very real world and a very wicked world and a very real and wicked devil. And demons are not impressed with message doctrine. They're not impressed with message cliches. They're not impressed. They're not afraid of that at all. The word, listen, the word of this day offers you a living reality and that's what the devil is afraid of. I need to know how to leave my home as a Christian, go into town in Satan's Eden and come home the same Christian. I need to be able to go on the job. I need to be able to operate my vehicle. I need to be able to be on my laptop a Christian and when I close the lid, I'm still a Christian. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh my friends, the answer is not mere mechanics or or it's not even just supernatural happenings in the life and ministry of, of God's great prophet. It's more than that. Listen, in Joshua 6, it was the people who had to march around Jericho. It was the people who had, to, who had to shout on the seventh day. It was the people when the walls came down and every man just took off right in front of him and conquered whatever was standing in front of him. They wouldn't have been able to do that with just a story from Joshua. They had to get involved. It's hearing, recognizing, and acting upon the Word of God. Hallelujah. See? After hearing and recognizing, I want to make a point to you before I close. I'll make this my last one. You good? After hearing and recognizing, the real strength is in acting on the word. See? I'm going to say that again. It's not that there's not a strength in hearing. The Bible says there's a blessing in just reading the Bible. There's even a blessing in just hearing it read. So it's not that hearing, there's not a blessing. And recognizing, wow, that's really valuable. That'll put some real real strength in you to recognize. Because when you recognize the word, you realize God is speaking directly to you. But it's acting on the word is where real strength develops. You say, "But, but Brother Jason, that's... That's counterintuitive because I need strength to act on the word. What you need is to exercise your faith. Exercise your faith and build your strength. 
You remember the Lord chastised Brother Branham and standing in the gap? The Lord chastised Brother Branham for always having to move him to everything. And the Lord chastised him for that. The Lord said, why do I always have to move you to everything? And, you know, and the Lord said to Brother Branham, where is your reward? You mean I got a reward? Yeah. This is a partnership. This is a family affair. You're, how about you be a joint heir with Christ? How about you be a partaker? We are partakers. That means you're a partaker. I'm a partaker. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Amen. So, so Brother Branham, you know, the, the, the problem was that, that you know, he, he, because he, he was so, uh, he let people complexing. And he didn't want to, he didn't want to have a critic that could say a word. And he, and then he, and he come to challenge right after the seals. And his heart was smashed because here he was, the greatest thing of his whole entire ministry, those seals said it was every bit, thus saith the Lord, the greatest thing. And he didn't top that till he got to the token. And then that was even another level. And so when Brother Branham is now, he's come to the climax. He's come to the opening of the seals, the greatest event to the Christian church in 2,000 years since the word had got sealed up under seven seals. And you'd think that that would have won the day, but it actually pushed him further into, further into rejection. Because before, you know, he stood between them, a nice guy, you know, between the Trinitarians and the oneness and brothers were brothers and let's be brothers and doesn't matter what church you go to and let's just all be one for all. And, he, you know, he's a very nice man and very kind-hearted and very humble. And even his critics gave up that, that he was a very Christian, humble Christian man. Nothing to say against his life at all. No, no way to bring a charge against him. Here's a man who went 33 years of ministry and there never was anyone who ever rose up who knew him, who lived around him, who heard him preach, who followed him around the world. No one, even his critics, ever brought a single railing accusation against his character. Not one, not one in 33 years. Never even brought into question. He was always considered a humble, loyal God. Even the ones who disagreed with his doctrine and thought that he got serpent seeds. Some old man out of the wilderness must have come and told him that. Even the ones who disagreed with his doctrine and thought he was a false prophet, none of them accused him of, of, of a, an illicit life Amen. or lying or deceitfulness. See, so you can understand then my disdain for the people who try to come more than half a century later and try to bring that charge. That is stupid at the highest level. So, and I don't want to get off on that today, but I just want you to know something, friends. You can be proud of this messenger that God sent to us. Amen. They could find no, no charge against him. But, but, but be, and, and even Brother Brandon could stand there in June of 63, and after after almost 30 years of ministry, could say there's never been a, a mistake in the ministry. And he said around the world, and he challenged them from international pulpits, not in a closet somewhere, from international pulpits, challenged anyone to come forward if they ever knew of anything that was said, thus saith the Lord, of the thousands of times that was ever an error in it. No one. No one around the world. But, but don't think the devil don't know how to use that against you. 
And when he brought the opening of the seals, then we find that because the world didn't suddenly all become believers, it affected him. He was a human being. It gave him a complex. And that's what standing in the gap is all about. God coming to him and saying, why do I always have to drive you to everything? Why do I always got to move you? Where's your reward? Where's the exercise of your faith? And Brother Bram said, because I, I just didn't ever want to make a mistake. And I didn't, what, what he was really confessing was his complex didn't want to give a critic something. And because of that, Satan had complexed him. And now he said, I let the sick lay sick and I'm waiting on a vision. Why did I do that? He said, he said from this hour, he said, I'm going to go forward. He said, whether I know I've got the word of the Lord or not, I'm going to believe by faith. You understand God needed him stronger than he was. He couldn't be of service, broke down in a complex. And God said, you got to exercise your faith. Where's your reward in it? Go forward. But what if I make a mistake? God is in control of it all. Brother Ham said, even sometimes in the Bible, this is the scriptures is filled with examples where God allowed his servants to make a mistake. And then God turned around the devil and took the victory right took, took the victory right away from the devil and made it a glorious thing for God's family. I am. I am encouraged by the failures of Samson because he won in the end. I'm encouraged by the failures of David because it didn't stop the promise. And God still put a man on his throne and nothing David did in his failure could stop it. And there's nothing I can do or you can do to break down the promise of God. Hallelujah. No wonder, friends, we don't want us to have a doctrine. We want to have a living experience. Is that what you want today? A living experience. You've got a great reward. Exercise your faith. Don't wait for it to fall on your head. Don't wait for pixie dust. Exercise. Go forward. Have faith. Believe God. God wants a, a, a church of warriors. He wants a church of champions. He wants a church of people with courage. He wants to see young people filled up with his life. He wants to see married home, married couples strong in the Lord. He wants to see our homes vibrant with the word of God. That comes right down into the church. You want a spiritual church? You want a spiritual church? A church is just a collection of families. If you want a spiritual church, you're going to have to have spiritual families. And if you're going to have spiritual families, that's going to have to start with spiritual daddies, spiritual husbands, spiritual teenage young men. Paul said, I write unto you young men because you're strong. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel like preaching right now and I got to quit. I'm going to make myself worse. But oh, friends. I'm so thrilled with the Word of God to think what a, what a contrast the true Word is to the world we live in. Where men are just, just sissified. Jellyfish, no scruples, morals, or courage. I tell you, God wants men who are rugged. Men who will take a stand on the Word of God. Men who will set an example of prayer and piety in their home and give their wife something to follow. Hallelujah. Let's stand, friends. God bless you this morning. Oh, my.
I'm so glad to be one of them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Matt, I want to sing that oldie goldie. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Are you one of them? You ready to sing that? Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Kenny, welcome home. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, Brother Kenny. Now, I know you've been up north, but we do this southern style, so let's get it. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Fire that fell at Pentecost, which cleansed and made them clean. Oh, it is burning now within my heart. Of glory to his name. Oh, I'm so glad.
the Lord. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day today. Thank you for this service, Lord. Father, we're just so happy for your word that you've given us today. Much more to be said, but Lord, I feel today was sufficient. Feel that release of the Holy Spirit that we could just hit a pause right here. Lord, we're looking forward to the services coming this weekend coming. Oh, Lord God, move in our midst, Lord Jesus. Move on your servants, Lord. Brother Tim and Brother Timothy, anoint them with the word of the hour that we need, oh God. We want to be ready, Lord God. Oh, Master, help us today. A world falling apart, but a bride standing in royal robes. Everything in its place. Everything ready to meet the Lord in the air. A bride adorned, beautified by the word of God. We give you Everything today into your hands, all that was said, may it be seed that goes into our hearts, Father. May it grow a garden of your life and the lives of your people. We commit it to you and the balance of our day and this week, Lord, into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing that, Brother Ken. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Oh my and to say that you're my God. Oh, let's give him some praise. You're all together, give him some praise, friends. He's worthy of it. Oh, hallelujah. All together, wonderful to me. Oh, here I am to worship. God bless you, saints. You can be dismissed. Bow down Here I am to say that You're my God You're all together lovely All together worthy All together wonderful to me
together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. I give myself away. myself away so you can use me I give myself away I give myself away so you can use me here I am here I stand Turn our eyes from evil. 